0: Hello and welcome to the Crime Time FM review show. My name's Paul Burke and I write about crime fiction. Today I want to tell you about some of the titles I've read recently that I really think are worthy of your attention. That's crime, mystery and thriller. It doesn't matter what subgenre, they're in no particular order, but these are titles I really think you should pay some attention to. So here's what I have to say. First up is The Beresford by Will Carver. The new Will Carver novel is becoming an event to look out for. Welcome to The Beresford. Abe Schwartz is about to open the door to the newest resident, Blair Conroy. The only problem is he's got to get rid of the body of the person he murdered just before she rang the doorbell. He left the beaten track a while ago, straying into the deep dark forest searching for mushrooms and unearthing truffles. Original is too often bandied around. I'm probably guilty of that. But Carver is a genuine one off. His writing is genre bending, blackly comic, angry, and empathetic. There's the feel of a writer fecund and freewheeling, exploring the whys of human behavior and taking us on a journey of discovery, too. Where we're going, I don't know. I'm not sure Carver does either. But this is a fun ride not to be missed. Wackily entertaining, wicked and naughty, but not short on insight into the human animal. A strange, dangerous and contrary beast. Published by Orenda Books and out now. Next up, Bodies of Dust by PJ Wilson. Meet Inspector Safiotti, the new sheriff in town, and he's determined to get everything he can out of this job. Ring every penny, work every angle, make this his town first released in 1931. This gritty, non masterpiece still provokes a sharp intake of breath with its bleak realism, a portrait of unrelenting corruption and abuse of power that must have shocked readers on its original release. Wolfson raises hackles with the novel's frankness and his scorn for hypocrisy, the veneer of respectability and society's sacred cows. You can trace a line from this to Lawrence Block's nihilistic 2020 thriller, Dead Girl Blues. Bodies of Dust has also an influence on politically motivated crime fiction through the decades that followed its publication. This is the kind of noir that never made it to the silver screen. Way too cynical, way too honest about the public abuse of power, and sexually forthright enough for the Hayes Commission to blow a gasket. Wilson's view of the world is dark, uncompromising and unfiltered. This tale isn't about a bad apple spoiling the batch. The whole orchard is rotten. Bodies of Dust is about a town where only the narcissists, users, the greedy and the perverse, make it to the top. Life here is a bare-knuckle fight, and the fix is in. And that's because the law is every bit as dangerous and dirty as the criminals. Although not overtly political, this is a novel proud to be working class in its roots, and rabidly anti-establishment, oozing empathy for the downtrodden and the angry at society's inequity. Ironically, as it attacks the accepted model of the American way of life, like a lot of the best art of the time, Government grants for the publisher indirectly led to this book seeing the light of day. Wolfson did become a communist in later life and intriguingly directed a film called Boy Slaves in 1939 about the collusion between state prison authorities and slavers to use reform school boys as free labour. Plenty of hard-edged banter, muscular prose and clever riffing on jazz melancholy in this cruel and poignant tale. The denouement is blistering and devastating. PJ, that's Pinkus Jacob, Wolfson matches James M. Cain for raw emotional power. This is the noir that puts an end to the scientific debate about whether absolute black exists. This is it. Despair that rings so true, it hurts. Bodies of Dust is the first offering from Staccato, a new imprint from Starkhouse Press. This is a jazz-age pulp previously out of print for over 60 years. Hopefully other rare and obscure titles, deserving of a modern audience, will follow soon. Another re released classic is The Old Man's Place by John Sanford. Three desperados hide out in the Adirondacks. Tensions mount, especially when a woman is added to the mix. Sanford, not to be confused with the contemporary thriller writer John Sanford, was a writer of hard-edged noirs that bristle with tension and the threat of violence. When that is unleashed, it's brutal and shocking. Sanford's real name was Shapiro but that was considered too Jewish by the publisher, so it was changed at the time. The Old Man's Place was released in 1935, and the novel was a big enough hit to get Samford noticed in L.A. He was courted by Hollywood, but his career as a scriptwriter never really took off, although it worked out personally because he married one of the most successful screenwriters in Tinseltown, Marguerite Roberts. Jack Mearns explains in the introduction to the book that this gave him the freedom to continue to write his books away from strictly commercial concerns after that. Another stark portrait of humanity at its lowest ebb and a menacing atmosphere pervades this novel. This is ice cold, easily as brutal as the best passages of Kane and Hemingway. The Old Man's Place is published by Brash Books and again is available now. Back to the contemporary novels. Brazilian Psycho by Joe Thomas The murder of a schoolteacher in 2003 The election of a demagogue in 2019. How's it all connected? Brazilian Psycho completes Joe Thomas's Sao Paulo Quartet, bookending the previous three novels in the series, creating a unity to the piece, much like Aylroy's LA novels, which is an inspiration here. It reintroduces us to the territory of Paradise City, which was published in 2016, The Underbelly of Sao Paulo the heart of Brazil's economy, where the business and political corridors are grimier than the darkest corners of the favelas. Sao Paulo is culturally distinct, but the story is typical of the corruption, chaos and violence that has blighted Brazilian democracy. Brazilian Psycho runs from 2003 to 2019, exploring the life of the financial city and the trauma and division that finally led to the election of Jair Bolsonaro, a right-wing demagogue, in 2018. Gringer was published in 2018 and Playboy in 2019. Both tell the story of Detective Mario Lemmy. He's the closest thing to an honest cop in this town. He does his best to uphold the law and a belief in justice, but it's increasingly difficult to avoid the clutches of the militar, the military police, when there are political and corruption elements to his cases. The militar act with impunity and extreme violence, including extrajudicial murder. Those who support the left-wing government are increasingly beset by dark and powerful forces that favour the years of dictatorship and authoritarianism, qualities they see in Bolsonaro. Street disorder and protest play into the hands of gangsters, politicians and moneymen. While each novel is a standalone, the enveloping and interweaving of Brazilian Psycho nuances their stories and reveals more of the nature of modern Sao Paulo society from rich to poor, powerful to powerless, honest to criminal. Brazilian Psycho confirms Thomas as an innovative, and morally complex writer. Fans of David Peace, who sees Thomas as one of our finest contemporary crime writers, will recognize his stylistic influence on Thomas. Pared-back prose, suggestions, and brief glimpses of story that fire the synapses in our brains rather than paint a whole picture for us. Over the four novels, Thomas has moved from stories that reflect on society from a fictional angle to a greater emphasis on real people and real events. Thomas taught at a foreign school in Sao Paulo, where a previous headmaster actually had been murdered, and that is part of the story here, as is the park maniac killer, who features again. He's a real serial killer, and his story haunts the city still. The protests and political shenanigans, incredible as they seem, are very real. Thomas wants to understand the why of a crime, and how it reflects on the culture and philosophy of a society, what makes people behave the way they do. Brazilian Psycho eschews any glorification and glamorization of crime. This is an uncomfortable read, not least because the echoes of corruption and cruelty seen in Brazil are becoming more evident around the world. Devastatingly powerful and compelling. By the way, Thomas has also written a biographical fiction of Harold Tanky Challoner, set in Soho and London in 1960, and he plans to move on to a new trilogy of novels set in the capital from the 1970s to the 1990s. Published by Arcadia and out now. Private Rogue by James Patterson and Adam Hamdy. A pilot being chased across Afghanistan. His family on the run in the United States. Only Private can help. Private Rogue is the 16th novel in the Private series. And the second collaboration between Patterson and Hamdy. Following last year's Private Moscow. An exhilarating and totally satisfying read. This novel is the very definition of the non-stop action thriller. Less complex than Private Moscow, but intriguing from the opening page and gripping to the last. A straightforward two-track story starts to develop more complex nuances in a full-on game of cat and mouse. The combination between the inexhaustible and ludicrously fecund idea factory that is James Patterson and one of Britain's most inventive and original high-octane thriller writers, Adam Hamdy, again proves to be a winning formula. This should be a set text and the high-tempo thriller module of any self-respecting crime course. Published by Century, and out on the 8th of August. The Blood Divide by A.A. Dand Jack and Aisha are in a race against time to find out why somebody wants to kill them. Dan's Harry Verdi series, featuring the Bradford-based Sikh detective with a Muslim wife and a gangster for a brother, are British police procedurals on turbocharge. They've helped to raise the profile of northern crime fiction, and reflect on Britain's diverse society, full-throttle entertainment that is underpinned by an exploration of identity, race, religion, social deprivation and institutional neglect and corruption. The new standalone novel, The Blood Divide, encompasses those themes across a broader canvas, venturing from Bradford to Delhi and the India-Pakistan border. This contemporary thriller explores the impact of a century of Indian history on today, referencing the Amritsar Massacre Partition and independence, the corrosive nature of empire, and the post-colonial, racial, religious, and regional conflicts of the subcontinent, and it ties to the British-Asian community as well. This is a tale of drama, revenge, and redemption set against a vast landscape. Dand actually put himself in personal danger for this novel, getting into trouble in a Delhi brothel while exploring the city's underbelly. That's a story you need to hear from him. Fortunately, he lived to tell the tale, and quite a tale it is. Dan has a talent for the super-propulsive storytelling. It's frying pan to fire all the way in this fast-paced but intelligent twisty thriller. A fascinating look at contemporary India and Britain, and the wounds of the past that are very slow to heal. Published by Bantam Press, and out now. Razorblade Tears by S.A. Crosby A black man and a white supremacist join forces and seek vengeance for the murder of their gay sons. Good luck finding a critic who doesn't love this book. Razorblade Tears is is destined to be one of the crime novels of the year, just as Cosby's debut, Blacktop Wasteland, was one of the novels of last year. If anything, Razorblade Tears is even better. This is a crime fiction that moves you and pricks your conscience. It holds a mirror up to society's values addressing big themes, prejudice, community, family, toxic masculinity, and how people live with or war against each other. It's about race, the rush to judgment and manifestations of ingrained prejudice, pain and anger, but also about the resilience and beauty of the human spirit and the possibility of redemption. Deeply poignant, violent, coruscating and yet hopeful, S.A. Cosby is an original and thought-provoking writer. His message is urgent, the stuff of literary fiction, and he has the temerity to wrap it all up in a breakneck, action-fueled thrill ride. Cosby's characters are richly drawn. They gain our empathy. We weep for them. Razorblade Tears is emotionally draining, truly insightful of desperation and devastation, utterly entrancing. Published by Headline and available now. The Basil Killings by Hans-Jörg Schneider A jaded detective near retirement doesn't believe the official explanation of the murder of the man on the park bench, so he sets out with his own investigation. This is the first of Schneider's Inspector Peter Hunkler novels to be translated into English by Mike Mitchell, though the Swiss author is widely read across Europe and is a long-standing bestseller in Germany. The Basel Killings, originally published as Hunkler Magsachen in 2004, is not the first novel in the series, but it is a suitable place to start, and catching up with the backstory is not an issue. The Hunkler stories have actually been running in Germany since 1993, published by Bitter Lemon Press and available now. The Cover Wife by Dan Fesperman Disgraced CIA agent Claire Saylor returns in a story that leads to 9-11. Fesperman quickly became a go-to author for spy fiction thrillers about the war on terror, for their insight into the issues and the nuanced portrait of the combatants. His work has always had that ring of authenticity that comes from being a journalist in the field. When he wrote about the Taliban and life in a terrorist camp, it felt like he'd shared their meals and spoken with them directly. On some occasions, he had. He understood their mentality. And whether you see them as legitimate or not, the reasons for their actions become apparent in his fiction. Now comes The Cover Wife, a literary spy fiction that in no small part is a way of understanding the clash of two worldviews. Not a clash of ideologies, so much as a confrontation of arrogance, suffering, misunderstanding, hurt and failure. Dan Fesperman has consistently explored the lives of people and how events shape their and our destiny. The treacherous world of spying, the internecine rivalries, the internal politics, positioning and bungling of operations is keenly observed. The tragedy of where this is going becomes evident. All the more devastating because we know where it will end. The mission may have a defined objective, but spying is far more organic than that. Sometimes there are no clear outcomes. Secrecy matters more than success. Those with true hearts and wrong heads are manipulated, abused and sacrificed by the amoral, the climbers, the warriors for the cause, the patriots and the zealots. Pespuon's worldview is credible and engaging. His grasp of history, cause and effect is masterful. The cover wife is also part of a trend in spy fiction that puts women back into the story redressing a failing of the past. If only the analysts for the services were as reflective as the best espionage novelists, we wouldn't keep stepping back into the same nightmare as if it were Groundhog Day. The blend of real events and fictional characters is skillfully done. And that's published by Head of Zeus, and again, it's out now. And finally, and with apologies for pronunciation, Girls Who Lie, Eva Björg, Eiger's daughter. The body of a woman turns up in a lava field. Detective Elmer has to investigate. A devastating past haunts the present. Iceland. What the hell do they put in the water over there? In the rest of the world, they say that you're never more than 20 feet from a rat. In Iceland, it's a writer. But several are very good. Among them, CWA John Creasy, New Blood Dagger winner for 2021, Aegis Daughter, who picked up the accolade for a stunning debut, The Creek on the Stairs. Daughter proves that she's a writer of psychological mysteries to be reckoned with, and her second novel, Girls Who Lie, is further evidence of an original and stylish noirist in the making. This tale, the second part of the Forbidden Iceland series, is accomplished and assured. A poignant tale of dysfunctional family motherhood and heartbreak. This could be seen as a police procedural, but it's also a superior psychological drama. The full Forbidden Iceland series will be a worthy saga, superbly translated by Victoria Cribb. Orenda Books, again, out now. I hope there's something in that little lot to take your fancy. I'll be back with more reviews next month. Maybe we'll have some guest presenters in here as well. But for now, thank you very much for listening to Crime Time FM Reviews. Bye you